business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's exactly five minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. Since I've had a similar interview about two years ago, I've had endless questions from people about investing in alternative investment opportunities other than the standard opportunities that one has. And today I'm really excited to welcome Jonty Sachs, who's a partner at Joltech to the show. Jonty, welcome to High FM. Avi, thank you very much. It's my first time. Great. Well, hopefully it will go smooth and easy. And uh, it's a it's a complicated topic in the sense that it's alternative. But let's try to break it down for people. Um, first of all, um, well done on your website. Really nice, easy to use, pleasant, nice interaction with it. You guys started, there were three of you who started this company. Just take us through the history. What was the thought process behind it? Mm. Yeah, we've been in business for more than 10 years. My two partners founded the business. I joined them a couple of months later or a year and a, year and a bit later. And really the premise around the business is to open the market up to investments other than your traditional investments. So if people say, what are alternative investments? Well, they're really anything other than investing in the stocks, commodities, bonds, and into cash accounts. And really, and they, they, therefore anything else falls into the bucket of, of alternatives. And the, le- the list is endless. There's private equity, there's structured products, there's cryptocurrencies, there's venture capital, there's uh, hedge funds, there's uh, EM, uh, emerging market funds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anything typically that isn't in the listed market space typically falls into the alternative sector or, or, or spectrum of the market. So from our perspective, what we wanted to do was um, establish various different types of, of alternative investments, house them in, in, in vehicles which are compliant and regulated in terms of the FSCA, but really give investors peace of mind when investing with us. Um, we've been in the market for a long time. We manage over 1.7 billion rand of investor capital, predominantly retail investor capital. Um, we have all the necessary licenses with the FSCA, but we wanted to give people a, a place to invest where they feel comfortable. You know, in the alternative world, particularly cryptocurrencies, investors haven't had that. They've invested in the likes of MTI, uh, where the founder is currently in a, in a prison in Brazil because he's stolen billions of, of dollars in cryptocurrencies. You got the AfriCrypt, uh, brothers who stole billions of rands from cryptocurrency investments. So our really, our focus is in a very niche sector of, of the market. Not everyone should be investing in alternatives and we can, we can chat about it. But where they are investing in alternatives, you do have, um, uh, there is a high level of a need to trust and be comfortable with your fund managers because, you know, we could really run away with the money if we wanted to. Uh, so that's really our, our, our space. So, you know, in the cryptocurrency market, we've got a fund and we want investors to feel comfortable that their, their money is secure with us and, Amongst that, in other other sectors of the market, we offer investors exposure to alternative investments. You know, John, you would think it was the end of the year, November, December, because the lights have gone ballistic 
Obviously, this is a topic very close to everybody's hearts. I think you just have to, you know, mention investing in in crypto and people are really excited to do it. They're very cautious. They're nervous. And most of all, actually not quite sure how to do it. But I think we need to take a quick break and run to the shops. When we come back, let's start talking about drilling down into each one of these areas and how it actually works and what returns a person can expect and what is the risk associated with it. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. We've got John T. Sachs with me on the line, who's a partner at JTEC. John T., let's start drilling down a little bit. Crypto is something that is very, very elusive. We all know somebody who knows somebody who's retired on cryptocurrency. And yet we quite elusive when it comes to actually meeting that person. But I track it every day. I look at it. I, I've been waiting for that crash for the last while. It hasn't come. And as you mentioned before, there's been a lot of unprofessional and dubious activity in that particular area. How do you guys start looking at allowing yourselves to enter in there and then taking on the responsibility of managing people's funds in the crypto area? Mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, we all know someone who knows someone who's retired, but all the other people have lost money in crypto. Um, yeah. And that's really the nature of cryptocurrencies. They are attractive. They're exciting. They're an, a, a, an opportunity to make potentially a lot of money in a very short period of time. But really, that's talking to the nature of the risk of crypto. And it's high risk. It's really, really high risk. If you're in the crypto market, the last two weeks has been painful. The crypto market's come down a lot. And that's because of um, the political environment in America. So for those small segment of the market that should be investing into cryptocurrencies, I think there it, it is a space for them. But I do want to say that cryptocurrencies is not for everyone. If you are really senior in age and you've got enough capital to see out the rest of your life and not take risk, cryptocurrencies is not for you. If you're young and uh, you can take some risk, you can potentially invest money and, you, and you're and not happy, but if it goes to zero, you can continue your life as normal. Yeah, cryptocurrencies is something you should you should be considering. Personally, I've invested a significant amount of money in cryptocurrencies because I'm young. I know the market well, I think. Um, My view is not a short-term view. So if cryptocurrencies had doubled in the last 12 months, I wouldn't be selling. I have a 10-year view on cryptocurrencies, so I'm not really too perturbed by the price movements on a daily, weekly basis. It's part of our business, so I'll keep up to date with what's happening in the market. But it is an investment not for everyone, and it's a high-risk investment. So our philosophy around high-risk investments is diversification. You do not want to have all your eggs in in one basket. You want to spread your risk across multiple cryptocurrencies. Why? Because you just don't know how they're going to perform. And they are uncorrelated to uh, one another. Uh, Bitcoin is the leader. If Bitcoin drops 10%, other cryptocurrencies will drop 50 or 60%. But if, if Bitcoin goes up 3%, they might go up 30 or 40%. So, you know, um, it's a, it's the wild west. So our philosophy is simple. We don't trade in cryptocurrencies. We won't take a view and say, okay, sell Bitcoin today because something's happening in the market and it means it's going to, it's going to drop. Our view is we have two crypto baskets. 
Both baskets give investors diversification across multiple cryptocurrencies. And we think over time that majority of the cryptocurrencies will do well. We are in a fortunate position because we have a team who uh, who you know, live and eat and sleep and dream cryptocurrencies on a daily basis that we can track the cryptocurrencies and add new cryptocurrencies into the basket if they perform poorly. I mean, if, if, if they are performing well, or we can remove a cryptocurrency if they're performing poorly or if there's a risk around security or political environment. Now, that's how we do it, but that's how investors should, in my personal view, be managing their personal cryptocurrency portfolio. They should have diversification across multiple um, and hopefully, you know, three or five of the cryptocurrencies in their personal basket do well over time and they'll make a lot of money. But um, this is a really, really volatile market and uh, it's not for everyone and it's for a small portion of, of someone's portfolio. So, John, the obvious question then is, what does a person need as far as amounts to get involved in buying on a monthly basis or putting in a lump sum into a crypto investment with you guys? Our, our minimum uh, is 50,000 Rand. And they can spread the 50,000 Rand across our blockchain-only cryptocurrency basket or our diversi- diversified large-cap basket. So they can spread them out as 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 they feel wish. Um, they can invest more if they like, but the key here is to invest over time. Now, had you invested with us um, uh, at inception, uh, which was more than two years ago, you would be at a loss because the cryptocurrency market since November 2021 has taken an, an enormous nosedive. Uh, uh, Bitcoin, which is the largest cryptocurrency, has halved effectively over that period. Had you invested with us in, in January, you would have made a lot of money because from January till about three weeks ago, the market was really running nicely. So timing is critical here. So, you know, um, my personal view on cryptocurrency investing is you invest over time. You get a weighted average cost of the investment. So um, 50,000 rand is the minimum. If you don't want to invest with us, you can go on to other cryptocurrency exchanges and really uh, invest whatever sum of money you're comfortable to, to invest. Okay, so that's really how one would get into it. It's a 50,000 rand minimum and they can spread it across um, is it 50,000 just into crypto or is it across all your portfolios? So we got two cryptocurrency baskets. They can right. distribute the 50,000 Rand as they wish in between the two of them and go 50, okay. 50 or whatever, whatever, but it's 50,000 Rand is the minimum to invest with us. Fantastic. Okay. John i I'm then looking at the, uh, the alternative investment bar chart that, that you came out on your press release. And I find a lot of it absolutely fascinating because your survey was done amongst 1,300 participants. I take it that's in South Africa. Yeah. So so we yeah. went on quite an extensive exercise to really understand the behaviors, the mindset, the trends uh, of investors in South Africa into the alternative investment market. So as, as rightly you, you've said, 1,300 investors, 1,100 plus were individuals. And over 200 were financial advisors who participated in an extensive survey, which we've undertaken. So cryptocurrency, a currency outstrips everything else by double. The, the next one to come in is private equity. And after that, I found is solar. And what I found fascinating about it is that it shows optimism because if people really thought that the South Africa were going to crash and burn, 
then solar would be the way to go for the next short while because it's going to ramp up as the demand is there. And do you get out when when you feel you've made enough money or when you no longer have the guts for it? But private equity is second, which really indicates the fact that there's a lot of people who believe in what's in the country and really are happy to take a stake in businesses going forward. Have I, have I read it correctly? No, you have read it correctly. And what we can do is we can really dissect the options. Yeah. So um, one of the uh, exciting stats that came out of the survey for us was that of the participants, individual investors, 65% said they have invested in alternatives. Of that 65%, um, over 75% said that they're going to continue investing in the next 24 months and almost identical statistics with financial advisors. So there's a really a huge swing towards investing in alternatives. The reason being is the return potential from alternative investing is much higher than investing in the JSE or traditional investments. So, so people are moving towards the alternatives because over the last five years, the listed markets haven't really performed well. If you look at the NASDAQ last year, it dropped 30%. Now, if you, you're investing in the NASDAQ to make 5 or 6% every year for the next 20 years, losing 30% in a single year is really painful. Now, the alternative is obviously alternative. So um, in the private equity space, um, the appealing part of private equity investing is the potential upside, 20% plus the problem is you invested for a long period of time, five years at least. It's unlisted. You can't easily exit. Solar, on the other hand, is a really a hedge, in my view, against um, the SA economy. So, you know, normally if you're investing in solar, you're investing in for at least 10 years. Now, a lot of investors will say, hang on a minute. Why would I invest in solar in South Africa for 10 years? To be exposed to the SA market for 10 years is potentially a terrible idea if you if you continuously look at the trend, what's happening in South Africa, the economy is on a downward spiral. But solar, in my view, is a hedge against that. Now, if you're investing in solar, what you're saying is lockdown is going to continue to persist for years to come. And uh, if that is the case, well, then I'm investing in a solar opportunity where we're selling electricity to someone. And if there is um, load shedding, well, then they'll continue to pay because they want uninterrupted electricity. So if, if um, load shedding persists, great. My return is going to be superb, and I'll I'll get really nice, consistent returns for for the years to come. Dante, so let me just stop you there. We need to yeah. we need to take a quick break, but let's come back to that in a second because it actually works both ways, as you're saying. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on business. Dante, coming back to you, we were talking about um, solar renewable energy before. We're simply saying. That, you know, if there's a, a the, the load shedding continues, it's a great place to be in, in invested. And if it then somehow comes right, it is a, a, a product that people will still want because it will give them independence. So it's almost a hedge either way. And, and there's actually one, um, uh, there's another point is even when, if load shedding subsides tomorrow, the cost of generating electricity through solar, over time, is significantly cheaper than buying from Eskom. So maybe in the first or second year, you'll be paying a similar rate or maybe even more than Eskom. But over time, if you look at the continuous um, escalations and the, the amount of money that Eskom has to spend 
to um, increase its capacity, the, it's it's almost inconceivable that you will, that you will be paying more for electricity with solar. So, you, in other words, you'll be paying much less. So, by investing in a solar opportunity, um, you'll be able to participate in returns from the sale of electricity, which will be at a price lower than Eskom. So, the end customer is incentivized to continue buying electricity from these solar operators because they're going to be cheaper. So, from you know. Investing in SA over a ten-year period in solar for me personally, I think it's really it's a it's a new opportunity, and I think it's a really exciting one. And the interest in it is really through the roof. As you can you would have seen in our survey, people are already invested. You know, eleven percent of participants said they invested in in in, in solar. And when we asked them what will you be investing in the next twenty-four months, that eleven percent more than doubled to twenty-three percent. So there's huge interest from investors to to move into to this alternative investment sector being solar. So, John, the simple question would then be, um, I understand how one gets into crypto, how one gets into private equity, but solar, how does one get into it? How How is one able to participate as a fund manager, which you guys are, in such a way that you can accept deposits and then invest in those companies? Do these companies, are they listed? Are they subsidiaries of listed companies? How do you get involved with them? Yeah, so um, from an investor side, we offer solar as a, as an investment option. We launched a fund in March, and we are already oversubscribed. We've closed our fund. We'll be launching another fund in September. Uh, and the beauty of the fund and the solar market at the moment is that there's a big tax incentive. Uh, it's called Section 12B. And investors who invest into a Section 12B partnership or fund uh, as an alternative word and they get a tax benefit. So if I'm in the highest tax bracket, if I invest a million rand, I can uh, claim a refund of, of up to 56% of my million rand invested, so 560,000 rand, back from SARS. So really what SARS is doing, it's incentivizing the private sector to invest into solar so that they can increase the, uh, the generation of electricity. So, so as a business, we offer these Section 12B uh, investments. From our side, we now have the capital, and what we look to do is partner with solar operators, so large businesses that install, operate, maintain solar installations. We partner with them, and then we provide a, a solar solution to their customers. So their customers are really large businesses. They could be retail office and office parks, commercial office parks, who want uninterrupted solar electricity. They are businesses who they don't have necessarily have the cash to install it themselves, to pay for it themselves, or they simply don't want to be involved in the, um, the the generation of their own electricity. They want someone else to do it. And that's where we get involved. We'll go, we'll fund the installation, and we'll then sell them electricity for 10 or 15-year period. And um, the beauty for our investors is we lock in a price. The price of electricity is around prime plus two or three, and our investors – uh, get consistent cash flows for over a 10-year period and a, an enormous tax benefit. Um, so it's very attractive from an investor's perspective. From the property owner's perspective, it's a great deal. They're getting rates better than the banks. They're not having to put in any of their own capital. Uh, it's being fully funded, and they have uninterrupted electricity. And that's really a huge focus um, in the business at the moment. We've got a really big team. We are engaging, doing due diligences on many businesses. We'd love more businesses to approach us who need funding. 
Um, and we then go and we install these large scale five to 25 million rand solar um, installations on really prominent, prominent businesses. We're talking listed REITs, listed companies, um, big businesses that you would have driven past in Santon. Um, and that's really the, uh, the focus for us in the moment. So investors who are, who have a tax problem and who want to earn, you know, really nice cash flows for over a 10 year period. We have a second fund, which we're launching in September, which is purely focused on the solar market in SA. And what do the costs of getting involved there be? Our minimum investment there is 250,000 Rand. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a more of a significant investment than, than the crypto. Okay. So someone's just quickly said to me, does it have to be in one private name or can we join as a syndicate for the 250K? Um, they, uh, you would have to have it in, in one person's name. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, we would accept a sum slightly less. Um, we've made those exceptions for some people. So, you know, uh, happy to have it, to have a discussion. We wouldn't take 50,000 Rand, but we'd take somewhere in the region of, you know, our, our minimum. Okay. Fantastic. John, then going down your list, um, the last hot kid on the block, um, a while ago, was Section 12J. Uh, it, it was really, really exciting. I did a lot of interviews, and there were some very dodgy guys who got involved and some very uh, prominent people who got involved. But yet I see that it hasn't got the traction anywhere near um, crypto or solar. Maybe just unpack it for us a little bit, why you guys invest in that market, why you help people, what the tax deduction is, and, and, and why the traction is not as great as I thought it would be. I mean, when you when you're talking about traction, you mean um, in terms of the survey, uh, as in yes. future investments. So correct. So section so section twelve year came to an end, unfortunately, at the end of June 2021. So uh-huh. investors in our survey they couldn't they weren't able to choose section 12J as um, as an option. I can tell you, um, we're one of the biggest section 12J fund managers in the market. Had section 12J still been um, available, it would be. Uh, the top two or the most attractive or most um, interested in investment for, for, for investors because of the tax benefit. But I must say, I think for existing investors, they haven't all gotten a great deal. I think um, there are a lot, there were a lot of fund managers in this market raising a lot of money and investors. Um, and I've seen a lot of returns in the market. The returns haven't, haven't really been great. Investors, if you ignore the tax benefit, which you need to, they're getting their money back or 1%. Number of funds have lost money, unfortunately. Um, we're very fortunate. Um, we've had really good returns in our investments. Um, based on the, 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 the reports that I've seen in the market, we're by far the best performing uh, fund manager, um, in the market. And we have been year on year for about three years now. Um, so our investors have gotten a good deal with us. Um, one of the reasons why we are more competitive than our competitors is our fee structures. Our fee structure was one of the lowest in the market. Investors didn't really know what they were getting into with other fund managers. Um, but what we're seeing now is a lot of investors exiting 12J because it's a lock-in period for five years. And now when they exit the 12J and they have a capital gains tax event, even if they just get their money back. If you invest in a million, you exit 12J and – there's your base cost is zero. So you're always going to be paying capital gains tax. So what we've seen a lot of these investors do is invest into a section 12 B fund like ours, because there you get a tax benefit. So you can offset what you would have paid in CGT 
um, against the refund, which you'll be receiving from a 12B investment. So for your listeners who are in a Section 12J fund, and I know many, I think the Jewish community, particularly with us, have been really supportive of 12J, and 12, Section 12B investments is a really nice way to exit without paying any tax to SARS. Because it's just like a lateral move. You're going from the one to the other. Exactly, exactly. You're going from one tax-efficient um, uh, investment to one which is even more tax-efficient. Dante, when it comes to investing offshore, um, since I can remember in the last 20, 25 years, it's been the buzzword. Um, you know, 20 years ago, everybody was saying we're the next Zimbabwe. I don't think anybody dreamed that we would be where we are today and yet have still have a robust economy. Um, you know, it just goes to show how resilient South Africans are. But offshore is definitely an attractive investment destination for many, many reasons. What is your guys' view on it, and how do you assist clients over there? Hmm. So our view on all investments is diversification. You cannot have all your money in SA. You have to have your money um, distributed. Um, if you are in a fortunate position where you have excess capital that you can expropriate, I think you should. Um, but the question really is where. So, and, you know, had you invested, um, as I mentioned last year in the NASDAQ, you would have done really poorly. Had you invested this year in the NASDAQ, you would have done really well. And um, the likes of Facebook, um, Tesla and other tech stocks have done really well this year. But the question is where timing. So it's important for investors to get exposure to the market. They should do it over time. Unfortunately, the RAND is really weak at the moment. So you may not necessarily want to take money offshore. People are. I'm personally, I, I wouldn't be taking money offshore at the moment. Our view is investors need capital protection. You, what you, what you want to get is a return on your money. You don't want to lose your money. So our view is structured products. So structured products are investments where you invest into a structured note and the note will give you exposure to, uh, I'll give you an example. We have an investment where you get exposure to the S&P, the Swiss market index, and um, and the um, uh, the uh, the Japanese um, index. Uh, it's now uh, the names escape me. And um, you get exposure to these markets. If the markets um, go under by no more than uh, than thirty percent, you get your money back. You you have capital protection. If it drops more than that, then you lose money. But it gives you a really nice buffer. It's a five-year investment. You're locked in for five years. If the investment does well, um, you can earn really good returns in dollars. But there's capital protection. So these type of structured products are, are really common in the market. Personally, I think that's the way investors should be investing. They should be investing in some form of structure where there's uh, capital protection. And we're seeing huge interest in, the, in these type of products in the market um, from South Africans. John, over that five-year period, um, you know, at what time do you look at the return? Is it at the exit date or over the term? So if a client, if they invest the portfolio is down 32% on date of exit, but has done very well throughout and a mm. COVID hits, for example, at what point do you draw the line? Mm. So um, these type of structured products are, are, are technical and difficult to, um, to fully articulate in a, in a, in an interview like this, but, how they work is um, during the investment term, if a certain event happens, so in our case, if all three of the indexes that I mentioned are flat or positive at a certain date, 
And these, there are about nine of these dates during their five-year term. If at any one of those dates, the um, all three of the indexes are either flat or positive, the investor gets their money back, plus 15% return for every year that they invested. So if they're in for three years, at year three, at the anniversary date, at year three, all the indexes are flat or positive, they'll get 15% times three, all the years at the end, so 45%, and their money back. If they if this happens at year four, it'll be four times 15%. But at year five, if it's negative, as long as it's not negative more than 30%, they get their money back. If it's a negative more than 30%, then they're going to lose however much it's down. But personally, my view is, do I think the S&P is going to be down more than 35% or 30% over a five-year term? I think it's very unlikely. Stranger things have happened. It's possible. But I think it's very unlikely. These are really established markets. Um, so these type of order calls, which they are called, um, are a really nice way for investors to get exposure to the market with downside protection, which I think is critical. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Russia. We don't know what's going to happen in the UK with their inflation numbers, interest rate hikes. Um, uh, so it's a really nice way to get some peace of mind. Fantastic. John, before I say goodbye to you, how do people get hold of you guys? We, um, you know, uh, I mean, as, as you mentioned, we've got a really nice, easy to use website. Um, people can email me, john t at joltech.co.za. Go onto our website, click schedule a meeting, and me or, or somebody in my team will get the meeting request and we'll be able to set up some time to meet with them. But they're always welcome to email me directly, John T at J-A-L-T-E-C-H dot C dot Z-A. John T, before I let you go, listen to this. It might be good for you. Pick and pay Nord Hyper. You know where that is. Has the pockets that you're looking for. The savings go like this. Pick and pay milk tart, buy two for 60 rand. Spec a long grain parboil dress. Two kilograms now twenty nine ninety nine. Pick and pay double layer black forest cake is now ninety five rand. Over one plate gas burner with free butane canister, two hundred and twenty grams is now three hundred and seventy nine ninety nine. Soda stream spirit black machine is seven hundred and ninety nine. Take home any of these and many other specials in the store. These specials are exclusive to Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper and only while stocks last. Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood. The best place to shop when you want to buy a lot. John T, on that note, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great. Pleasure. John T, thanks for joining us. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next week.